All right, well, let's jump into week uh, number three of Frequency. And before I do, just want to say welcome to all those uh, tuning in online. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, part three is going to be a great, great part of this series, and we're excited that everybody else is in the theater today. So thanks for coming. Uh, Frequency is really a, a series designed around being able to hear the voice of God. And so it's really about cutting through the noise so that we can hear what God is saying. That's the purpose of the series. So this, for, for four weeks, we'll be going through this. Uh, if you're, you're new, to the, new to the Grove, you're in part three, so you're kind of in the middle of the conversation, so you can always go catch up. Um, I'll, I'll read a couple of little um, points that we, we shared the first two weeks to kind of catch you up, but uh, there's more to that. And, uh, but we're building this series around a, 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 a verse in the Bible that Jesus talks about um, shepherds and sheep and how the sheep recognize the voice of the shepherd. And so First John 10, 3 through 5 it says this, that the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep, sheep listen to his voice. Um, he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. So here's the picture. There's the sheep were in, in, a, in a pen, right? They were being taken care of, um, and they were mixed in with other, other sheep from other shepherds. And so in this group of sheep, uh, the gatekeeper opens it up, and the shepherd calls out, hey, sheep, let's go. And it says the sheep recognize the shepherd's voice, and they go out and follow him, right? So as he's brought out all his own, they go, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. So they hear it, they recognize it, go. But they'll never follow a stranger. In fact, they'll run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. So these different sheep in this pen, um, they listen, they follow the shepherd. And then it says, but if another shepherd came and said, hey, let's go, they wouldn't follow because they don't recognize that stranger's voice. So in this, in this series, we're saying, what would it look like if we're those kind of have be able to respond to God as a shepherd or his sheep, uh, how, would, how would, it, would it look like to be able to recognize and hear his voice so we can be led by him uh, through the journey that he takes us on? And so we're helping give some tools. And this is a, a, a dyna- dynamic that is really, really super important for us to learn and to know uh, because um, it helps us to recognize what he's saying to us. And uh, what I, one of the questions I get a lot is, how do I know what God is saying in these situations? Like, he's, these opportunities in front of me, what's the right one to take? Um, I don't want to do with my life. What am I supposed to do with it? Well, you can hear for yourself God's voice. And some people push back and say, no, I, I can't. I, I just don't hear. I don't know what to listen for. So we're giving some tools to say, here's what it takes to be able to hear. Because if you look at the Bible, throughout all the scriptures, over and over, he, God is speaking. He's speaking to different individuals, looking for them uh, to partner with them to help them accomplish something, but also to, to help them on the, their own journey to figure out things. And so let's kind of review week one. We talked about the importance of if we're going to hear God's voice, we have to have the right heart, right? We need a prepared heart. And what we talked about there is God doesn't have a speaking problem. It's that we have a listening problem. God is always speaking. It's us having to be able to pause long enough to quiet down things to be able to hear what he's saying. So we have to have a prepared heart. Um, and, and the heart was the first message was all about that. We said that God's voice is clearest in a prepared environment. So when you're prepared, when you're uh, expecting to, to, re- to hear something, to receive something, um, you're, you're going to most likely hear it and receive it because you're ready for it. You're expecting your heart was right as, as compared to the other hearts that, that the, the parable of the sower talked about. Right? There's a hard heart. Uh, there was a distracted heart. There was an immature heart. And those never hear God's voice. They, they might hear God's voice but it doesn't produce anything in their life because they're distracted by it. They're not paying attention. But a prepared heart um, always produces something good. And so that was week one. And then last week we talked about why does God speak in the first place? So if God is speaking, why is he wanting to speak to us anyways? And we said this. We said that he speaks to facilitate relationships. God is speaking to give us guidance. And God is speaking to provide perspective. And finally, he's speaking to produce results in our lives. 
And what's interesting, I went home that night, and I was thinking about these four ideas, and it, and it uh, dawned on me that this is what we built our whole church around. Like, we, we're very simple. The Grove has a very simple philosophy around four things that we do over and over and over. Uh, well, there's other things that we do, but there's these mo- main four things that we don't ever change. Every single week, every single month, these are things that are, or every, every year, I should say, they're part of what we do. The first one is um, we want people to know God. The reason we, we do our services on Sundays is we want people to connect to God. Like we believe God ha- wants to have a personal relationship with each and every one of us. And so we want people to know that relationship, to start that relationship. So we have, want people to know God. The second thing we want people to know freedom, find freedom. What that looks like is small groups. We, when we get into small groups, we begin to share our life with others. We begin to find freedom from our past, freedom from things that have been holding us back. So we can move in freedom into the future. And so that's small groups. And so then the, the third thing is we want people to discover their purpose. This is why we have growth track every month. It repeats four classes over and over. If you've never gone through it, I encourage you to go through it. Um, it each week talks about these four things that we do and why we do them. Um, but a big part of that is to help you discover how God wired you, how he made you, so you can live your life with purpose. And then the fourth thing is, is making a difference with our lives. Uh, the reason we exist is together we can do more uh, together than we can by ourselves. And so we join together to make a difference with our lives. And if you look at these things, why God speaks, it's, it's about knowing God, studying friendship, giving us guidance, right? It's keeping us away from things that are going to keep us addicted or bound or losing freedom, providing perspective to us, helping us understand our purpose and know how, what he's doing, and then uh, help us produce results. That's, that's making a difference with our lives. And so we built our, our whole service around, our church around this, um, and it's a pretty simple approach, but in it all, we're saying if you will just do a few things really well, uh, you'll see a big difference in your life. And part of that is saying, God, I, I want to hear what you're saying to me. Uh, it's an important aspect and dynamic that we need to have. And so we said last week that when, if God is wanting to produce results, then whenever he does speak with them, make sure that we respond and we're obedient to what he's asking us to do. Whether that's through the, through the word, because he speaks through the word, he speaks through other people, through other voices, um, and, he, and he speaks from, from himself also. And so um, we'll talk about that. But we said the longer we walk in obedience, the clearer the spiritual picture becomes. And so last week we gave this idea of the dimmer principle, right? The more you respond to God, the more you allow him to work in your life, the clearer the picture that he has for your life and for those, your day-to-day um, things that are going on. Like it'll be clearer in your life what he's asking you to do the more you respond to it. It's like turning the lights on more and more and more as you respond yes and yes. And so um, he wants us to walk this path. All right, so that was uh, week one was uh, how do we hear? Uh, what do we need to do on our part to prepare to hear? Uh, last week is why, he, why, we, why, why he's speaking in the first place. And then today, part three, we're talking about hearing God. What does that look like to hear God? And he speaks in many different ways. Um, so we have to be, we can learn how he speaks in these different ways. Next week, we'll talk about recognizing the difference between the different voices that are out there. But this week, we're going to talk really about um, being aware that God is speaking and what it looks like to hear him. Uh, so I heard a story about a man. Um, he um, was really concerned about his wife. And so he goes to see the doctor. He says, doctor, I'm really concerned about my wife. And he says, I, th- I think she's, she's going deaf. I think she's losing her hearing. Um, so he says, what, what do I need to do? And the doctor says, well, let's, don't get ahead of the things too far. Let's, there's a simple test you could do. You go home. It's called the, the 30-foot test, a hearing test. And he says, just do this tonight. Go home and uh, find a place in your house where wherever she's at, go about 30 feet away, maybe in the next room. Uh, you know, if she's in the kitchen, go in the, the living room and, and just speak, say something to her. If she doesn't respond, then go another 10 feet, about 20 feet, and, and, and then finally 10 feet. And if she doesn't hear in, in, from, from these certain feet, then, yeah, bring her in and we'll, we'll uh, start some tests, see what we could do. So the man goes home that night and he's wanting to know, like my wife, right? So he gets about 30 feet away and he says, honey, can you hear me? No response. So he marks off another 10 feet, goes 10 feet forward. He says, honey, can you hear me? He waits. No response. So he goes another 10 feet forward. He's 10 feet away from her now and says, honey, can you hear me? 
a little louder, right? Because he wants to know if she can hear. And finally she turns around and says, for the third time, yes. <laughs> Sometimes in our life, we're like the man. We think God has a speaking problem, but it's really we have a listening problem, a hearing problem. In this series, we're saying don't miss what God is saying because you're looking other places, you're distracted or you're not paying attention or you're not aware of your own self. And so in this series, this is uh, what we're trying to help us with, all right? Become the person that hears God good. There's a story in the Old Testament we're going to talk about and read because uh, God speaks in many different ways. Uh, but there's one story where God speaks to a, a prophet, the man's name Elijah, a prophet in the Old Testament. And he speaks to him in a very unique way. And it's not unique. I shouldn't say unique. It's a very common way. It's the most common way God speaks. But we're going to see this in, in, in the story. All right? Um, and and here's, let me set up the story for you. So in, it's found in 1 Kings. Uh, it's the first part of the Bible in the Old Testament. And, it's, um, and there's a story of Elijah. He, he, there's this amazing miracle that God does in his life. And so essentially he's, he's up against um, a, 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 these prophets and these, uh, false, these prophets of another god, of Baal. And, and he's saying, God of Israel, God is, he is the God. Like, he is the real God. He's powerful. Um, he's a speaking God. He, he, he's, he's amazing. And these other people are saying, no, this is the real God. Let's have a competition to see who God, which God is going to respond. Who's going to listen to our prayers? Uh, who's, the, who's the more powerful God? And so there's this competition between these two. You can read it. An interesting story in 1 Kings 18. And it's a, a day-long ordeal where, where um, he lets them go first, and they, they cry out to their God, and they, they cut themselves and all this stuff. They just, they're really hoping their God's going to respond. There's no response. And so then he comes up and says, all right, my turn. All right? And, and the, goal, the, the, the challenge was we're going to put an offering on this altar, and we're going to pray to our God, and the God's going to respond from, from heaven. He's going he's gonna to consume the, the sacrifice. And so he says, all right, my turn. So he gets up, and he says, all right, I believe in my God so much. Not only are we going to, this, on this altar, we're going to have a sacrifice, but we're going we're gonna to douse it in water. So they bring up water from down below in the mountain. They carry this up. They haul all this water up, and they, they dump it in. There's water everywhere. And he's saying, my God is the real God. I believe him so much that we're going to make it even harder than it should be. And so your God didn't hear. He taunts him the whole time, like, I don't think your God can hear you. Like, you should scream a little louder. He must be asleep. And he's kind of teenies him the whole time because he knows, like, who they're worshiping is a false God. It's not real. There's no power there. And so then he calls to God, and, and God responds, and he and fire from heaven, it says. It, it consumes the fire. Um, and, and he wins this, this challenge, this battle. It's an amazing miracle. Well, the next chapter that we're going to read is um, what happens is the king Ahab, he goes home and tells his wife Jezebel, and his wife Jezebel is furious that not only he won, but they also killed the, the false prophets because that was part of the agreement is um, whoever, whoever loses, loses their life, that stuff. So um, they go on, and, and, um, and, and he says there's this um, – so the prophet win Juan, so Jezebel already hates the prophet, so she's mad. And so she sends him a message and says, so help me God, by this time tomorrow you will be dead. I'm going to kill you. I'm coming for you. And so he takes off, and he, he flees the city, and he goes off, and he finds himself alone, a little discouraged, a little um, 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 just, just down, right? And, and the voice of Jezebel is loud in his ears. She's coming for you. She's going to kill you. All right? You might have won that battle, but this battle is going to end with you uh, on, on the opposite side. You're going to be dead. And so he's discouraged, and he's, he's alone. And in it, um, this is where we pick up the story. He's, he's alone, and, and he's calling out to God. He's praying. He's saying, all right, God, like, man, I'm, you've been leading me on this journey. I've been doing these cool things, but here now, I'm, I guess, is the end of it. And, and he begins to scrap to God. And, and this is what God responds to him. He says, I'm, I'm going I'm to respond to your prayer. I'm going to listen to this. So he says, First Kings 19.11, he says, And the Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. So God says, Elijah, you're praying to me, you're asking me, I'm going to pass by and I'm going to respond to your prayer. And so then it says, then a great and powerful wind tore the mountain apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. 
After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And then this catches last part. And after the fire came a what? A gentle whisper. Or another translation says a still small voice, a really small voice. Um, and that's what God spoke in. So I think sometimes in life, we're wanting God to speak, and we're wanting him to speak in, in, the, in the thunder. We're wanting him to speak in the fire and in the lightning. And sometimes he does. There's, script, there's stories where he does speak that way, from a laudable, loud voice. Um, um, one, one occasion he speaks through an animal because the guy is so uh, hard-headed and so proud and, and, and not listening to what God is saying. He's going the opposite of what God's doing, and um, he's going to curse God's people. And so he actually uses an animal to tell the guy. That's only one occasion, so that's unique. So if that happens, like, man, make sure you pay attention, right? Uh, that's important. So um, that happens in the story. So he speaks all these different ways, but in the gentle whisper, that is the most common. You see throughout scriptures, it's a, it's a prompting. It's, it's a, you have to pay really close attention. In fact, my uh, youngest daughter is four, and all my kids went through this stage, but there's a stage where uh, they want to talk, and, and they're trying to communicate more and more. Uh, my daughter will come, and, and she'll, she'll say something to me, but she says it so soft. Like, I don't know. I don't know what she's saying. Like, I, she's just saying it, and, I, and I, I hear what she's saying, but I don't understand what she says. And so sometimes I'm on the computer, if I'm reading a book, I'm doing something else or whatever, working on something, and she comes and says, Dad, and she says it. I'm like, if I don't stop and cut off the distractions, like, I'll miss what she has to say. A lot of times I'm like, wait, what would you say? Say it again. Um, and then what's interesting, a lot of times the second time, she, she said it really quiet the first time. The second time she says it even quieter. And I'm like, oh, she's afraid or she doesn't think I'm going to say no. I don't know what. So then what has to happen is I have to actually get down on her level and I have to get face to face and say, what, what, what do you want, honey? What do you, what do you want here? And then she says it again. And I have to look at her lips, read her lips, listen to what she's saying. And she's getting better. She's communicating better and better. But there's those times where I don't understand. And if I don't, don't pause and look at her. I'll miss out what she's saying. And sometimes it's, the answer is, yeah, let's go do that right now. Sometimes it's, let me finish this and I'll help you after that. Or, no, let's do that later on. Whatever the request is. But the thing is, if I don't take time to get next to her, I miss out on what she's trying to tell me. Um, with God, it's like that sometimes. We're, we're, we're wanting help. We're wanting direction. We're wanting to know the, the solution and the answers in life. But we're so distracted. We're doing stuff all the time that we actually don't pause enough to say, wait, wait, what did you say, God? What is that you're speaking to me? Um, and in this case, this is what the story is saying, is God spoke in a whisper. Um, Elijah was discouraged, and he wants God to speak to him and encourage him and help him. Um, but it, he, was, he was, in the loud stuff, he wasn't there. It was in the still, small whisper and small voice. And if my daughter's talking, and I have the TV on really loud or the music on really loud, I'm definitely not going to hear what she has to say. So what I have to do, I have to turn the music down, have to turn the TV off, turn the distractions off, and say, what is it you want? And then listen. And a lot of times when God speaks, it's exactly like that. And the reason I believe sometimes we don't hear him is because we have so much distraction, so much other noise going on that we can't hear it. Um, so, Dave, we're going to talk about that. When God is speaking and he's whispering, what are those things he's whispering to us? So the first thing he whispers, he whispers encouragement. Um, I don't know about you, but uh, you go through, through day to day, you go through these different scenarios where you have encounters with people. And they can be mean. They can say stuff. Uh, maybe in your past, people have spoken things over you that were negative, and those voices kind of repeat in your head. They're kind of loud, right? Um, or, or just the other day, you kind of get discouraged. Something's going on, and you, you think you're doing a good job or whatever, and you just kind of feel like, man, it's not working out. And you, you kind of begin to get discouraged. Well, I believe throughout the whole day, God is actually trying to counter a lot of that stuff with, with, with whispers of encouragement to you. Like he's trying to encourage us and help us to know, like, that's not the whole story. See, my kids, I was talking about my kids, and um, when, when the four kids that we have, as they grow up, they go through different seasons, and uh, there's times where they're discouraged, there's times where they're sad. And as a father, I'm always saying, hey, it, it's not the end of the story. It's okay, that was a bad day today. It's not going to be like that forever. Just keep, keep, 
Keep your head up. You have more in you. And, and as a father, I encourage them and I try to help them understand uh, that, that there's, there's more, more to life than what they're facing at the moment. And I speak encouragement and I help them. See, Romans 8.16 says this. It says that um, the Holy Spirit speaks to us deep in our heart and he tells us that we are God's children. So Paul tells us in Romans, when God speaks, he's, he's speaking in words of encouragement, saying, you're my, you're my children. Like, I created you for a purpose. Like, if you will follow my lead, I'm going to help you on this journey. I'm going to encourage you. Isaiah 55, verse 3, uh, the message paraphrase says this. Pay attention. Come close now. Listen carefully to my life-giving, life-nourishing words. So the prophet's saying, if you listen, listen carefully. These words are going to be words of encouragement. They're going to be life-giving. They're going to be life-nourishing words. I'm making a lasting covenant commitment with you, the same that I made with David, sure, solid, and enduring love. So what is God saying? The same way that I would speak to my kids words of encouragement when they're down, when they're discouraged, like, like words like, you're my child, I love you, um, I'm so proud of you. And even in those moments where maybe I might even be a little disappointed in them, maybe in those moments where um, they, they are not, uh, they've done something that's not maybe wise, and uh, they're, they're down the opposite side, they're, they're um, um, yeah, they just haven't done, they're not pleased with them at that moment. Because uh, I'm not pleased with my with kids all the, uh, every, every time, right? And God's not necessarily always pleased with us all the time. But he's speaking these words of encouragement of saying, even though I'm not, I'm not pleased with what you're doing at this moment, like there's still something better for you. Like there's more for you. Like don't get stuck there. And sometimes my kids, when they're uh, discouraged or, or, or going through something, like my job is to say, hey, this is not you. Like that's a season. That's something you're facing right now. But there's so much more to you than that. Like, you were, you were designed for more. Don't, don't give in to that lie. Don't give in to that, what, that thought. Don't give in to that attitude. Like, you could do more in your life. And I'm speaking encouragement. Why? Because I see something they don't see. And I think God is the same way. God sees us through a lens of who we can be, not just who we are. In our lives, when, when we're going through life, we, we start thinking, like, um, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not whatever. God is saying, no, no, that's not you. You might feel that way at the moment, but, man, if you saw what I see in 10 years, 20 years, like, you'd be excited because there is so much potential in you, and he sees the potential in each one of us. And if we'll pause long enough to say, all right, what are you speaking, we'll begin to hear whispers of encouragement saying, you're my son, you're my daughter, I love you, and I am so proud of you. And sometimes it's not proud of you at the moment because we don't always make it right, right? But I'm proud of what you're going to become if you'll stick with it, if you'll follow through. And he's wanting us to see something that we don't see because he sees what we don't see. And he sees through that lens. And part of following Christ means that we're going to trust him to, when he speaks to us that he has seen something that we don't see and that we follow him in that. And so he whispers those words of encouragement, but he also whispers warnings to us. Uh, this is really important because when you're, when you're faced with different decisions, when you're uh, moving in life, there's times he wants to whisper these warnings, warnings to us to keep us away from something that's going to be harmful. Uh, Acts 16, uh, 6 through 7, it says they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Um, so they're going to go do something good in Asia, and they were forbidden to go. So, so essentially the Holy Spirit says, no, I don't, you, this is not the right time. And it was even a good option. Right? Sometimes warnings are not necessarily just warnings for something bad, but sometimes uh, or, or warning that when we're doing something good, but it's a warning well, it's gonna, that's going to produce, be produced through that choice. And in this case, it's because people are wanting to kill them. And if they went there, they would have been killed. And so God is saying, no, that's not the right time. Look, you'll go this way, and then when that settles down, then we'll send you back that way. And he's, he knows what's coming down, so he's giving them words of warning. In fact, it goes on, it says, after that, it came to the other places, and it said the Spirit did not permit them. But the Spirit did not permit them to go. Um, because he's saying there's something there that's not good, that, that it's not, not going to work out the way I want it to work out. Trust me, go this way. And so um, when we give room to God to speak, 
he will begin to guide us and help us and keep us away, give us those warnings. In fact, sometimes the warning is don't do it. It could be as simple as no, don't do it. Don't get in that relationship. No, don't, don't do that. Don't sign that contract. Don't buy that thing. No, no, don't do it. And sometimes it's the don't like now, and sometimes it's like a wait, but sometimes it's no, that's not good for you. Don't do those things. Those are, those are going to be harmful for your future. They're going to be harmful for your family. It's going to be harmful. So sometimes it's get away from those things. Don't do it. Other times it's in the secret. Like I'm going to give you, I'm giving you a warning. If you, if you continue on in the pattern of, of, of trying to keep something hidden from others that you know is not good, um, it's, you're going to die in that. That's going to be the thing that's going to destroy your relationship and your life. But if you'll open up to others, if you'll end, end that secret and stop doing it and others in, you'll actually find healing. This is one of the reasons actually we, we think small groups are so important. Because every, every season of small group, there's this moment. Usually it's like week five or six. Um, we begin to build a little more trust with the people in our group. And after little by little, we begin to open up a little bit. And at some point, the masks come off, right? Because we all have it. We come to church, and you know, we dress as best we can. We dress nice, and we come with smiles. And we would say, people say, how are you doing? It's like, I'm good, I'm good. And, and it's great. We, we, we're good. And sometimes there's something hurt inside of us that we're not good. Um, and we need people to be able to know that. So we can say, hey, I know, you know, you said you're good, but I really sense that something's going on. What's going on? We need those people. And in small groups, we, we find those relationships where we can, where we can build enough trust to do it. For me and my groups, it, a lot of times it's sometimes it's in the group, but a lot of times it's after the group. Like people hang out and they stay and talk. And there's that moment of transparency and honesty and saying, man, can I really tell you what's going on? And it's this moment of them saying, if I don't change this, if I don't let somebody else in, I'm never going to fix it. And the reason it's so important, because James tells us, in the book of James, it says um, that if, we, if we'll confess our faults one to another, if we'll uh, share those things that are going on, um, and we'll pray for one another, then we'll find healing. And see, so we have a lot of people who say, God, I, I, need, I want a relationship with you. I, for, I ask for your forgiveness, and we find forgiveness, but we start a relationship with him. But then we never let others in our life. We hold on to these things that are, that are hurts and that are holding us back from God's best. We never heal. Because God designed us to be in relationship with other people. We grow through relationships. We mature through other relationships. And so when we let others in and say, hey, there's something going on, we begin to find healing. Because now, instead of struggling by ourselves, we have others to walk alongside of us. So if we're going out of town and we have a friend that knows we struggle with something, we can get that call saying, hey, how are you doing on your trip? I'm, I'm doing good. Hey, stay away from that. And we know that it's one of your temptations or struggles. Don't do it. You find, begin to find accountability and help on this journey. And, and that's what God is ask, calling us to do as we follow him is, is, is learn to hear what God is trying to do in our lives and let others in on the journey with us. Um, in Isaiah thirty twenty one, it says, Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way, walk in it. And so this could be a, a voice that's keeping you from you're in a path and you have decisions to make. This could be a voice that's of warning, or it could be like the next voice, the voice, the whisper of, of direction. So whether it's a, a whisper of, of warning not to go one way because there's danger there, or maybe it's a, a whisper of direction saying, no, you really need to go this way. Like this is where you're going to find uh, ex, uh, the, the, really, the, the things you're really looking for in life. This is where you're going to find fulfilling relationships. This is where you're going to find freedom in life. And that voice, notice that it comes from behind us, right? It's this voice that's coming behind. We get to pay attention. It's not like you're face-to-face. You're sensing. You're listening. You're saying, what's happening here? I have this choice to make. Who am I going to listen to? So it's involving him. When it comes to direction, it's involving him in the purchases. It's involving him in those life decisions that come our way. Like, like I make a decision to move somewhere. Like, all right, that's a big decision. So involve God in it. And part of it is we have to let the emotions and the excitements pass. We kind of let them go down. You know, because when we're faced with these decisions, sometimes the decision put in front of us, we get really excited about it. It's like, man, this is going to be the best. I'm going to buy that. It's going to be so great. 
and we get excited about it, but we don't really think through the long term. If we would pause enough to say, okay, God, what do you want me to do in this? Is this the right timing? Is this the right thing for me? He'll actually give us direction to know, yes, it is or no, it's not. And, and if we let the emotion settle, we won't make a decision out of emotion or excitement, but out of, out of wisdom of saying, God, what do I need to do? Uh, Luke 2, 27, uh, moved by the Spirit. So when I'm talking about the whispers of God, there's, it's a sense. Sometimes it's a, maybe it's almost like a whisper where you actually hear a small voice. Sometimes it's more for me when God speaks. It's more of, I usually get phrases. It's just an idea um, that comes to me. And so it's, it's paying attention to this. And this, um, Simeon was moved by the Spirit. He went to the temple courts because God was saying, I have something specific for you to do today. You need to get to the temple courts. And he went. And when he was there, they brought Jesus to be dedicated. And um, at the temple, he was able to pray over Jesus. And that was, that was the, the job God had for him. But he was moved by the Spirit. He was paying attention and said, oh, God is asking me to do something. I'm, I'm sensing God is wanting me to do something, so I'm going that direction. Um, Acts 20, 20, 20, verse 22. Um, and now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. And so uh, Paul is saying, I'm, I'm following God's lead. I'm not sure what's going on, but I really sense God is saying, go that direction. Go that way. And he listens and he follows, follows the lead. Um, so sometimes it's for protection. Sometimes it's for direction. Um, sometimes that direction is slow down. Like you, you're going too fast. You're working too hard. You're doing too much. You're going to burn out. This is a marathon, not a sprint. Like slow down. It's going to work out. Don't, don't, don't rush it. Sometimes it's opposite. Like, man, you need to act. Like do it now. Like you're waiting too long. Go for it. Do it. And the direction is, man, Go ahead, I'm, I'm, I'm letting you lead. And sometimes the direction is, take that next step. Like, just trust me. You don't see the whole picture yet, but what you need to know is, here's that next step. Just take that step. And if you take that step, before you know it, you're going to continue to take these steps. You're going to be exactly where you need to be if you'll trust me on this journey. And so sometimes it's the big picture that God gives us. Sometimes it's just one step. But whatever it is, God has given us that direction. We need to be the kind of people that stop and say, how, how can I do this? What, what do I need to do? Um, in my life, when, when I... Um, when I pause long enough to say, God, what is the right thing to do in this? The outcome is so much better than when I just respond out of emotion or out of how I feel um, with, with conversations, right? If we're in a conversation and, and it starts getting heated, you know, one of the best things you can do is, is pause and say, all right, God, what is the right response? It's like, because we just want to like, you know, tell them, our, give them our, our mind and give them what we think and text to send what we want to send, right? I was in a, um, I, I, Something happened a while back where I was sending a text message, and if you've ever done this, you send the wrong text message to the wrong person. And um, this person made me really frustrated, and I thought I was texting my wife, like, this person's making me frustrated, you know, like, I can't believe her. And and I send it to the wrong person, right? And it was to the person I was talking about. It was horrible. I was like, one of the worst things in my life. I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> that was not to you. Sorry. <laughs> Somebody else. And... um Sometimes in life, we, there's things like that that happen to us. And if we would just pause, another one was an email I sent. Um, it was actually a good email. Like, it was, it was honest, all this. But um, looking back, I could have used a little bit more wisdom and got some more advice from somebody else um, because it just – the issue it caused was not what it should have been. Like, it was, a, it was fine, but somebody else saw what I didn't see. And if I would have paused long enough to say, I should ask some help here, uh, the email never went out and it never would have caused more issues. We resolved it. It was fine, but it took a while. In, in our lives, this is what I know. If I'm if – I'm, conscious and aware enough to say, okay, I'm about to do something, but God, I'm going to pause and just listen to what you have to say. What do you want to do in this? I guarantee if we're sensitive, he'll help us to know to cut through whatever it is. And sometimes in those conversations I have, like I don't have a lot of time sometimes to talk to people. So God, what do you want to do here? Because we're going to talk forever about this thing, but it's not even about that thing. It's really about this thing. So help me to know what to say and how to bring that up so that we can get to the issue, right? And we're revolving God in this, in this relationship, and he begins to help us on it.
So he whispers encouragement, he whispers warnings, he whispers direction, but he also whispers dreams. And I love this part about God. He whispers dreams to us. Some of you, when you're kids, he actually whispered dreams to you. Some of those dreams that you have inside of you, they probably even came from God, some of them. Um, he, he wants to rebirth those and help you to see them again. But sometimes it's in dreams, like some, sometimes in like actual dreams, and sometimes it's the, the ideas and, the, and the, the desires of our heart um, that God wants to do something in our life. Job 33, 14 to 15 says, God, for God speaks again and again. He speaks in dreams and visions of the night. He speaks in dreams and visions of the night. So God uses a lot of different ways to speak. And sometimes those, those, those whispers, they're in dreams. They're, they're desires he's put in us. There's things that God wants us to see. Um, I actually had a dream that I dreamt over and over um, a few years ago. I was praying. Um, we were working in Bernalillo and, uh, at a church down there. And I really, one of the things I was sensing God was, wanting this, was telling me was prepare for the next thing. I had no idea what the next thing was, but I was just saying, what is the next thing? And so the way he kept my, getting my attention is I'd go to, I'd sleep at night and I had this, this dream where I was speaking on the stage in front of these people, right? And, um, I just kept seeing this, 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 this dream in my head of going over and, and I would, I would go to sleep and it, it recurred a few times and I'm like, okay, God, I think you're trying to say something to me. So I'm going to trust you. Open those doors. Let me go. A few years later, I'm standing on the stage speaking out and the dream comes back to me and I realize this is the exact dream that I had. Like I am in this spot that he wanted me to get to a few years later. Um, and it was because I was sensitive to say, God, what does this mean? What are you trying to do in my life? Sometimes the dreams are just pizza. Sometimes the dreams are crazy, right? And they don't mean anything. Next week, we'll talk about that. How do you know when it's a crazy dream that you shouldn't even listen to? When, when, how do you know it's a, a God dream? Um, uh, and we'll talk about that next week. So you come back and you can hear that. But in this dream, God was speaking to me. In fact, Acts 2.17 says, In the last days, God will pour out his spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Um, so I, since I dreamt a dream, I guess I'm kind of an old man now, right? That, according to that ver- version, um, I don't feel it. But um, with your visions and dreams, so let us see stuff. Um, one of my mentors says, if God has to give you a picture, it's usually because you're, you're, your head's so hard you're not hearing the voice. So he has to paint it for you, picture, right? It's like giving you a picture. So sometimes the picture, that's, that's good. It helps us to hear that God is saying something to us, but he's whispering these dreams. And essentially, he's, putting, he's put something inside of you where you can make a difference in this world. Sometimes it's those indications are those things bother you around this world. Like there are things that just, they, they, you, you have a hard time sleeping because you think about those things. They need to be solved. That might be an indication of part of your purpose. Like you should be helping solve some of those issues. And if you'll seek God, uh, he'll have a dream for you. And sometimes the dreams are really bigger than ourselves. Like um, what we think we can accomplish on our own, like the dream is bigger than that. Like we know the dream is so big, like we couldn't do it on our own. And sometimes that's an indication that's a God dream because he's helping us um, want to desire something that, that he wants to accomplish in us that we know we can't do on our own. So when we accomplish it, we look back and say, wow, that was God. That was all God because I cannot do that on my own. And he wants to give those to us. So when it comes to hearing God's whispers, there's a few things we need to do. Um, we talked about this last week, but we need to, we need to actually say, speak, God, I'm listening. Like, speak, uh, speak to me, Lord. Like you have to have this, this posture, this attitude of, um, I'm, I'm coming to church today. I, I believe you're going to say something to me. So would you speak to me? I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to read something. Would you speak to me? I'm, I'm pausing to pray in the middle of this, this craziness that's going on. God, I need your help. Would you speak to me? And then um, when you do that, I guarantee God is, God is, is, is he wants to talk to you. He's, he's wanting you to go all in. He's wanting you to, to, um, to give, give him the opportunity to speak to you so you can make a difference. You know, in, in John, we read in the beginning that it says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Uh, like the sheep, like those that are following God, we recognize God's voice. And we're trying to hear that and get our ears attuned to that and cut out the noise. 
And so we, we have to say, speak to me, Lord. And then you have to go in with an open heart. So essentially saying, I'm open to hear. I'm open to hear what you have to say to me. Last week we shared a story about Samuel as a, as a, young, a young boy, right, a preteener. And, and God is speaking to him. And he thinks that the priest speaking, but it's really God trying to get his attention. And finally, the fourth time God speaks to him, he says, Samuel, Samuel. How does Samuel respond? Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. What is he saying? I'm, I'm attentive. I'm aware. I'm, a, I'm alert to what you're trying to say. So speak because I'm ready to hear. And then we talked a little about this last week because you have to be eager to respond. There's going to be this, this eagerness of saying, all right, I'm expecting God to speak. And then, man, I'm excited to respond to whatever he says. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. If he says run, run. If he says sit down, I'm going to sit down. If slow down, I'm going to slow down. If he says go, I'm going to go. If he says stop, I'm going to stop. I'm eager to respond to whatever he says. And so today, that's, that's, as we talk about hearing God's whispers, uh, my challenge is this. Would you pause and would you listen? This week, today, uh, whenever you're going to face something, would you pause and would you listen? This last week, if I would have paused and listened before a conversation, uh, the conversation would have went a lot better. I didn't pause. I didn't listen. I just went out. Whatever I felt, we just went for it. And if we learn to pause and listen, um, we'll, we'll calm down those things inside of us and we'll be able to say, God, what are you trying to say here? And we'll have better conversations. We'll make better choices because we'll be more aware of what God is wanting to say in these times. Um, so we're, we're listening. We're, being, we're staying open to him. We're being open. And then we're obeying, right? So, so listen. Be open to what he says. And then just follow through and obey. And obey what he's saying. Um, this last weekend, um, yesterday, Friday and Saturday, we went to a men's conference in Rio Rancho. We took almost 20 men from our church. Uh, we gathered with a little over 400 men in Albuquerque in, in that area, the Rio Rancho area. Um, great conference, just two days. And at this conference, the first night, night, the last, the night session that was uh, the the speaker, um, he was he he gave us really incredible message, and he challenged the men uh, of New Mexico just to, to to do something great, you know, and to to listen to God and just respond um, what he was saying. And at the end of his message, after he he challenged us, um, he said, you know what, one of the things we need to do more often is we need to 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 really hear what God is saying. And so he had us just take five minutes. Somebody got on the piano and began to play. Um, and he said, just listen, listen to what God has. And the one thing is just said, what is that one step God is asking you to take from what you heard tonight? What, what's been going on? What is that one step you need to take? And he has just pause for five minutes. And then after the five minutes, he said, all right, now I want you to find one person, another guy and tell him what, what that step that ask, that you're supposed to take. God is talking to you about taking and then pray for each other. And that was it. And then that was pretty much the end of the night. Um, but for me, it was, it was such a, a powerful moment. Uh, because it's amazing to see that when, when we actually pause and, and stop and listen, like we can actually hear and then think about those next steps for us. And so um, today I thought it would be a great thing. We're talking about hearing the whispers of God, right? And one of the best ways we can do is just is quiet everything down. It's lowering the music. It's turn down the noise. It's turn the static down so that we can, we can really hear what God has to say. So if you're new to church, um, um, we don't do this all the time, but I'm going to take two minutes, and it's going to just be still and quiet. And I would ask you, would you just pause? Maybe close your eyes. Um, if, you're, if you're not a Christ follower and this is kind of weird, hey, no, no pressure, just sit there and you know, think about the week or uh, reflect. Maybe thank God for something, be, be, be grateful, whatever. But if, if you're here today and you're, really, you're, you're saying, I want to hear what God is speaking, I want to I know. Even some of you have decisions to make. And God has the answer. He sees what's coming. We don't see it, but he sees what's coming. And if we'll ask him, he'll, he'll help us give us direction. So we're going to take just two minutes just to, to pause and to listen. Now, whatever thing he says, then just be eager to respond by saying, I'm going to do that. Whatever that one step is, I'm going to do it. I had somebody after the first service come, and they said, thank you for doing that. Um, it was, um, it was a, a, a moment that I needed 
because I know God is trying to speak to me, and I, I don't pause enough to hear that. And, and we just paused and listened. And no pressure. Um, just, just if uh, you close your eyes and just relax, it'll be, just be a little quiet. And, and just ask God, look, God, I'm, I'm listening. I'm open. Would, would you speak what you want to speak to me? So let's take two minutes. Father, we're so grateful that you're a speaking God. Lord, we know that there are different issues, different um, requests that have been made to you this week from people in this room. God, decisions that we have to make, Lord God, challenges that are in front of us. Lord, we're so grateful that you're a speaking God who wants to help us with those things. And today we just pause, God, uh, to hear what you're saying. So I pray, Lord God, that you would um, help us create the habit more of that, Lord God, to to just pay attention to, to quiet things down in our lives so we can hear what you're trying to say to us, God. Uh, thank you, Lord Father, that you've uh, given us some, some great stories in the Bible of those that have followed your lead and the, the work that you did in their lives, Father God, because they're willing to respond to what you asked them to do. God, I pray that that would be us today. God, that we would be, we have the courage to respond to what you've asked us to respond to. God, to take a step in that direction that you've given us. So, Lord, I pray that even this week, Lord God, as we, we face different meetings and different challenges, God, we would pause We'd go into those those situations knowing, Lord God, that we're, we're listening for that whisper. We're listening for that direction. We're look, listening for that prompting, God, to know what to do, how to do it. And so today we just turn our hearts to you, Lord God. You lead us and guide us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Isn't that, isn't that a little difficult to do? In our culture, there's so much noise all the time, right? Just a pause. But this week, would you do that? When you're driving down the road, just pause, listen. As you're reading the, reading the Bible, when you're going through a, a verse, would you pause and say, God, what, what are you speaking here? What do you... What do you want me to get out of this? And if you pay attention, you'll you'll begin to be tune that ear to God. You'll begin to hear more of what He's trying to say, and uh, listen for that whisper that God is saying. And in Romans ten nine it says that um, if we declare that Jesus is Lord, and if you believe in your heart that Christ raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. You know, one of the things that we do uh, every single Sunday is um, give an opportunity for those who you know we've been talking about praying, hearing God's voice. Maybe this is a new experience to you. You're here, you've never maybe even listened for God's voice or knew you could. Um, he wants a personal relationship with us, with all of us, with you. And you came today and you don't have a personal relationship with God. You don't, you've never made him the Lord of your life. See, 
Paul tells in Romans that if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, essentially you're saying, I believe that Jesus is God, that he came to die as, as Lord. He came to die to give us a way back to God. And if you believe in your heart uh, that God raised him from the de- dead, you'll be saved. So it's a belief. It's a confession. Um, and today I want to give an opportunity for those that came that you've never done this before. Or maybe you have, but you walked away and you're not following God's lead. You're not following what God has for you. And today you're hearing to say, you know, I need to make that decision. The step I need to t- take is saying yes to God. It's a step saying I'm turning away from that kind of life, and I'm going to say yes to your kind of life, God. I'm going to turn away from what I've been doing. I'm going to turn to you to do what you want me to do. And maybe the first step is just that turn to him, and you take a step towards God. And the great thing about God is he's already he's done all the work to, to, to walk towards us. It's just us now saying we step towards you now, God. We respond. And so do me a favor. Close your eyes and bow your head today as we end our service. And uh, if you're here today and that's you, I want to give you an opportunity to pray this prayer with me. I'm not going to call you to the front. I'm just going to pray right there in your seat. Uh, but if you're here today and you would say, that's me, I need, it. I need to surrender my life to God. I need to take a step towards God. I need God's help in my life. If that's you, would you let me know you're here by just raising your hand right in your seat right now? Awesome. I see your hands. Awesome. I see your hands. Anybody else? You'd say, that's me. I need to take a step towards God. I want to hear what God's helped in my life. Awesome. Quite a few hands went up today. Would you pray this prayer with me? And if you're a Christ follower in this room, would you pray with us so they're not praying alone? And just say this. If you raise your hand, say this. Say, Father God, today I ask you to come into my life. I, I, I ask you to be the Lord of my life. I believe that you sent your son Jesus to die on that cross so I could have new life. And I believe you raised him from the dead so that I could have salvation. So today, I take a step towards you. Lead me and guide me. Help me to hear your voice and follow your direction. Give me a new start. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Come on, church. Let's celebrate all those that prayed that prayer. So good.